Hi, and welcome to Wasted Takes episode 92, the Michael Strahan, James Harrison episode. I am Trey, joined as always by Tucker, Dylan, and Cam. How are we doing, gentlemen? Living the dream. All right. Well, <clears throat> Dylan, uh, let's start with winners and losers with you. Huge dub for you. Beat COVID. You're not dead. Yeah. <clears throat> KD's gone way down for that. Dylan, Dylan defeats COVID, lowers the death rate. Uh, we love to see it. We, we didn't You're a big loser for COVID. I mean, the podcast did flow pretty smooth when you were gone. So if you died, we might have, you know, maybe the pod would have blown up. Would have had well, some, I'm going to try not to, try not to fall asleep this time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, winners and losers. Uh, I just want to say I'm a loser. I put on a show Sunday night. I'll tell you that much. I just want to break my Sunday night down for you. Um, went to the bar for the Patriots Bucks games. Uh, drank all day during the football games. Had about four chips of a nacho for dinner, so I had nothing in my stomach. I almost got thrown out of the bar before kickoff from for yelling at a Bucks fan. Um, I had the entire bar around me when I was I was the only one like screaming, so everyone was around me. I then left. Uh, sent a lot of mean messages to my friends. I uh, posted some stuff on social media that I wish I didn't. And overall, I just put on a show. So I'm taking a big L there. Uh, I need to relax. I need to calm down. Um, I'm sure you guys saw that stuff. Um, so big win for Cam, though. Giants win. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Definitely um, on stage the union. Um, I want to give myself a huge winner. For my ways to take last week of Urban Meyer being fired, and then everything went to shit this week. Directly after okay. he loses and he, he loses a game he should have won, and then gets caught, you know, with some girl at the bar after not going with the team home on the play, and the entire organization hates him, and they're talking about firing him on the like very soon. Tucker, I did have that down in my notes. Big win for you there. Um, and jumping over to the poll. Um, as of, I don't know, 10 minutes ago, your take was winning, uh, which makes a lot of sense. It was the best take given. Cam and I are tied for Appreciate last place. That. Cam and I are tied for last place. Cam, did, Cam did his punishment last week. Um, so I was going to say big win for social media because everybody, first of all, everyone loved Italian dippers. So dub for me. Got that a lot. Got Trey's list is the best. Italian dippers. Giant cookie Wait, was mentioned. Where did you see that on Instagram and Twitter? Uh, your uh, friend Brian Tucker said that I have the best palate. So, oh, I guess that. Oh, I don't have the Instagram anymore. He said that Too on far. Twitter. Um, you don't. Unbelievable, Tucker. Shame on you. Uh, one comment was Dylan Turkey. Jake Jordan said Turkey is bananas. A terrible pick. So. <laughs> Turkey was, dude. There's something I didn't get to go into it obviously last week, but there's something about the mashed potatoes. They were so, like, not oh, even real, like, just so, so good. Below average. <laughs> I don't know. Dude. Something about the school turkey dinner slaps. I don't know why. Um, what else did I have in here? Oh, Cam, people loved your punishment video. Well done on that. You understood the assignment. Um. And then Cam, I have the Yankees blow ass, so that's an L for you, and uh, you dub for everyone else. And I also gave bad Red Sox takes, so I'll take an L on that one. 
Uh, Trey, do you remember calling me on Sunday night? At the bar, right? Vaguely, yeah. Yeah, like fourth quarter, the Bucks said, we're going to fucking stop them. I just, I just need someone to support me right now. <laughs> I was just in bed like half asleep when you made that call. Yeah. And I was just dying. Yeah, I was riled up. It was incredible. It was incredible. I'm, you know what, Trey? I'll say it. I think I might have uh, pushed you a little bit. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but I, I might have led you to say some of the things that you shouldn't have said. I mean, I'll get into it later. But I was losing my mind. Uh, Cam, do you want to just do this on a coin flip now? Decide who's who's taking the L here. Um. Yeah. Well, we don't know. How to- <coughs> I'm thinking decide. what we decide on punishment we haven't decided on punishment yet I believe this is the banana sprite challenge I saw we're not doing the banana sprite challenge we're not doing that <laughs> um, I'll do it you'll do it <laughs> I mean I won't I mean yeah if I lose I'll do it I won't the fans know I've always been anti-fan <laughs> I, been anti-fan I have this whole time. I can't switch up now uh Chubby Bunny, try to pick, fit a whole pack in your mouth. Oh, my God. Trey's up for it, so he's asking for an easy challenge. You made Cam do the cinnamon challenge. Right. Now he's just trying to put marshmallows. All right, come up come up with something better by the end of the podcast. It doesn't require me to put myself vomiting on the internet, and I'll do it. Like, just I just don't want to vomit on the internet, A. And B, when I get sick, I'm but sick for bit, multiple days. Yeah, but, the, but that's good content, Trey. That's the video. Okay. Yeah, no, I agree. It's good content as long as I'm not the one competing for last. Exactly, place. you're the one who said on Instagram, "Let's veto it." But the scores stand right now. If you give me something better, we'll we'll decide by the end of the podcast. Um, Dylan thirteen, me ten, Cam nine, Tucker four. Um, all right, who wants to go first and waste it takes? Oh, the gallon challenge. The milk gallon. Yeah. Maybe. I'll uh, do it with water. <laughs> Let's do. We could do the seltzer one. You can't burp. Who wants to go first for wasted takes? You got to hold in your burp. Drink a seltzer as fast as you can. Hold in the burp. I like that that's one. That's a good. That's a good one. I mean, it's funny. It doesn't hurt. Yeah, it's funny. You just start going. Ah. It's not really a punishment, but it's funny. I mean, is the cinnamon challenge really a punishment? Like, <laughs> his damn phone took a beating. <laughs> All right, type type in chat if you come up with ideas. Who wants to go first for wasted taste? I'll go first. Fine. I I just I just came up with this one on the spot. I went on Twitter to look. I could not think of a single thing this week. I wanted to stay away from Boston sports. I'm not going to, but it's not exactly a Boston take or a homer take. So uh, right now we've got Red Sox Rays, of course, after the Yankees blew it. D- D- Garrett Cole blew it. Three hundred twenty-six million dollars. Um, and some funny about this series, man, last Sunday we had Tampa versus New England, and now we've got Tampa versus New England again coming up this weekend. Um, so this is going to piggyback off, off Dylan's take, multiple takes about yeah. Tampa. Uh, I've got the Rays winning the world series this year due to the Tom Brady factor. I'm taking that right now. This is the year they break through. Um, you know. They haven't haven't done it yet. Well, they did it in what two thousand eight, but they haven't done it recently. 
and haven't done it since Brady has moved there. They had had a shot at it last year, didn't get it done. Um, so this is the year they break through. I know it's a soft take. I couldn't come up with anything, but have at it. They are winning due to the Tom Brady factor this year. You said the Rays? Yes, the Tampa Bay Rays. I think that I, I agree with this, actually. I'll go first. Um, my minimal knowledge of baseball is that the Rays, Wagon. I don't know how they're so good, but they're consistently good when anyone even had like a, a chance of coming back in that division, which is the best division in baseball. They, they just, they just kept their lead. Like they're, they stayed to Dylan's big thing, the short season last season, they always come out off and then they fall off towards the end. I think they finally, finally figured it out and they played a full season this year. I think the Rays are, are very, very good. And I agree. They're going to win. Jill. <clears throat> this is actually two of my takes because, like I said, like Cam said, uh, I came up with the Brady Factor take um, before. Brady Messiah take. The Messiah take. And then what Cam said was uh, um, that I had the Rays winning last year. So that's like, you're like just piggybacking up two of my takes. I mean, no, um, but you didn't pick them to win this year yet. I picked my World Series team. And it's the race. I mean, it's it's sad that you wouldn't be rooting for the Red Sox. I am rooting for the Red Sox. Takes and for the and for the Rays to win, which is sad. Not rooting our for rival the Rays. in our division. Um, I don't know. I I I still think the Dodgers are very good, and I think San Francisco is very good. <clears throat> There's something about the Rays to me that doesn't. They don't speak as to me as a playoff winning team. It's their stadium. Maybe. That's what it is. Maybe it's because they have a terrible, terrible field um, and no fan base. Um, but that none of those players. Uh, I don't. I don't know if any of those players have won. I don't know if Nelson Cruz might have won, um, but they don't have that veteran uh, playoff experience. Um, I mean, they did go to the World Series last year, but I, I, I don't, I don't know how much that factors in because of because of this short COVID season. Um, but I, I'm ex- I'm excited to see if they crumble under the pressure of the fans in Boston because that team literally plays in front of zero fans always. Well, it didn't sound too quiet there tonight from what I've been watching. There's a lot of Sox fans down for it. Sounded loud for gonna, them though. It's going to be crazy. It, it, uh, um, I would like, I'm not rooting for the Rays. I wasn't rooting for the Bucks last weekend, but I said they were going to win. Um, also I'd like to see the, if the Red Sox don't win, I'd like to see the Giants win. Cause that's just a team of cast off, like nobody wanted old guys and they're raking well, and, they the, and the spirit of Yastrzemski. Uh, Tucker, Rays takes. Um, Dylan, I think you're going to like my thoughts on this. My thoughts is that they will not win the World Series because too analytics-based. It's baseball. Don't bring numbers into baseball. I don't want it. Their whole strategy of, like, everything is so, like, analytics-backed, and I'm just not buying into it. I mean, at the end of the day, baseball is a people's game. You know, just put in your best players. You don't need to overthink it. I think the Rays overthink it too much, and it's going to be the death of them. Stocks and four. I don't mind that take at all. I uh, 
hate nerds ruining baseball. But um, I mean, that's why I think that's why Evaldi got pulled the other night when he was still shoving. So one bad well, pitch and they pulled. <clears throat> don't forget the reason the the Rays lost last year was because they pulled their starter. Remember? Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's my point. So maybe they learned something from that year, though, not to go by the numbers as much. But we'll see. Well, they're uh, two I nothing mean, in the second, have... and and uh, Rodriguez has already been pulled. So not looking good for the Sox, but. Uh, all right, Cam, go ahead. All right, I don't think anyone. This is. I'm going to be a loser next week. I already know because nobody's. Oh my God, the Rams just picked it off. God, darn it! <laughs> I have Russell Wilson on my fantasy. All my fantasy teams. Um. Anyway, nobody's going to know who this guy is, and that's okay with me. I'll take another L. But in a, a year. You guys are going to be looking at me like a genius. There's a guy in college football right now, and he looks like the truth. He looks like the future. And his name is Kenny Pickett. Now, maybe you know who he is. Probably not. Maybe Tucker does. Did you just say he looks like Paul Pierce? He looks... (laughs) Good one. Okay. Um, His name's Kenny Pickett. He is the quarterback for Pitt. I think I've heard his name mentioned once. Dan Marino went to Pittsburgh. Just saying. Kenny Pickett right now has 1,731 yards. That's fourth in the NCAA. 19 touchdowns. That's second in the NCAA. One interception. And QBR of a 90.1. That's second in the NCAA. Now, I only watched this guy play one game. And I just looked up his stats now and realized they were that good. This guy's the real deal. I am Mel Kuypering this guy right now. Uh, he is going to be the best quarterback in the draft next year. Rookie of the year. Kenny Pickett, rookie of the year, best quarterback in the draft, best player in the draft, whatever you want to say. Kenny Pickett is the future, and whatever team he goes to, looking bright. Now, there's no possible way, because this guy is a quarterback, and his name is... Can he pick it? And yes, they yes. can. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Wasn't yeah. there another quarterback named Kenny something? No, I'm thinking of Kerry Collins. Um, where is he slated to go, Cam, right now? So that's the thing. He wasn't he wasn't projected to do anything. And then last they, they they he started to get on some boards, and then last week he had a huge game, and now he's projected I want to say, well, it's it's mixed. Like, it depends where you look. I don't think Kuiper has come out with a big board yet. In my book, he's a first-round pick. It's not even close. But I think, I want to say like maybe like a third-round guy right now. All right, so all I know about this quarterback class is that it's weak. Um, I, I agree, I agree. I heard nothing about like, this being like, I think last year's class was really strong. You had a, you had five first round guys, um, and in this class, it's like Howell's talked about as like a he's not, but nobody's like he's going to be a franchise altering guy. And there's there's not really that guy out there. I mean, it could happen. I mean, if you're if you're coming in in a weak class, you could be the one to pop even in the later rounds. I mean, I don't know. I don't know anything about him, so I'm I'm just I guess I'll say it could happen. I mean, I 
Yeah, I think this class is super weak. I've seen like 30 mock drafts, each with completely different quarterbacks as the top pick. I've seen Malik Willis. I've seen Spencer Rattler. I've seen Sam Howell. I've seen, who's this guy? Strong um, from Nevada. Carson Strong, yeah. I've seen five different guys listed as like maybe the number one option. So I don't think there's one like super strong guy. Strong. Except for maybe Carson Strong. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I just, I don't know. I can see anyone really like, I can see like someone, is he projected to be a first round pick even? No, he said third. In in my opinion right now, it doesn't matter because of this, like nobody knows because nobody, like, like you said, there's five different people that could be in the first round. Um, I don't think it really matters about that. Go watch. You know, that's my whole point is I can see like some third round, third round QB or something like that be the best QB in this draft. Because someone's going to be great. That's like, there's never been a draft class where there's no good quarterback that comes out of it. Uh, that's debatable. But I, I agree. I think, I think no matter what, it doesn't really matter where you are in this draft class, which is why your take that the Jets are going to take a a quarterback as the number one pick next year. It's so funny because it's not going to be that. They're going to, they're not going to pick the right guy. But anyway, Kenny Pickett, go watch his highlights or something. He's he's lighting it up. Uh, Dell, you got anything on Kenny Pickett? Like I said, I, I I just can't believe that that's his name and he plays football and is a quarterback. It just it sounds like a recipe for disaster to me. Um, there's certain intangibles in sports, and one of them, if you have a bad name, you can't you can't live up. Um, so I'm out on on Mr. Pickett. All right, uh, who's next? I disagree with that. Uh, I, I can go. Wait, you disagree, uh, Cam? Go ahead. Sorry. No, no. I was gonna say I disagree, and then um, so. My my argument was that there was a kicker, and his last name was Blewett. You guys remember him? Chris guy, the name rings a bell. It's like Blewett, like B-L-U-I-T or something like that. Yeah, B-L-E-W-I-T-T. Yeah, yeah. He's a current kicker. He played for Pitt also. Speaking of, why do all these guys play for Pitt? This is just great take for me, though. You know what, Dylan? Take it. <laughs> take it in front. Go ahead. You, you got it. Anyone got a take? <laughs> uh, I do. Uh, Cam? Jesus, this is... My sound has gone on my TV like three times. But, um, yeah, Cam, I'm going to be competing with you for uh, Worst Snake of the Week. Uh, I know that everyone in this chat's going to hate my take. But I think the Vikings are going to win the NFC North. Nope. I know it's a wild take, but they don't look bad, and they've played really quality teams outside of their first game where they lost to the Bengals. I mean, outside of that, they had a very good game down to the, like, the last play against the Cardinals, who are now a wagon. They beat... Um, the Seahawks, and then they had a great defensive game 
for a team that I didn't think would play defense against the Browns. I think this team, I mean, they were, they had a lot of calls go against them against the Browns, and they still almost won it. I think the Packers have glaring gaps in their defense, which I think will be exposed later on in the season. I don't think Matt LaFleur is that good of a coach. And I think uh, Aaron Rodgers is probably going to lose interest in football by the end of the year. Um, they just picked up Jalen. They picked up who? Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith, Cowboys, stud linebacker. Um, but I just I don't buy this team I, I, as the Packers. I think the obviously the Lions aren't going to make it, and the Browns suck. So yeah, I think that I honestly think. The Vikings are probably the best team in this division. I mean, they have an amazing receiving core. They have a top three running back. They have a quarterback that plays very well in certain situations. I mean, he's a good situational quarterback. He doesn't, I don't know, I don't think Kirk Cousins loses you games. He had like the highest QBR of all time through like the first three games of the year. Um, I just, I think this team's good. I somehow think this team's good. It's weird. Uh, I'm going to say no because I yeah, hate the I Vikings and I'm anti-Viking. I will never make a Vikings positive Vikings take on this podcast ever again. They've screwed me over at every turn. I have been anti-Viking. I will not at all be on the Vikings train. No, this team will crumble as they always do. The Packers are going to win this division. Aaron Rodgers has something to prove before he goes and gets a new big deal somewhere. Um, no, I, I hate the Vikings. The Vikings will come in second just because the Lions and the Browns suck. But the Packers, this is the Packers division. Uh, that's all I've got. I hate the Vikings. I hate the Vikings. (laughs) I hate them, but I think they're going to win. I hate the Vikings. I love Dalvin Cook. I I pretty much love every player on the Vikings. I'm not going to lie. I hate the Vikings. <laughs> I love – there's not a player on the team I don't like, and I hate them. I hate the team. I hate something about them. Maybe it's just the fact that they're the Vikings, um, and they've just messed, messed me up so many times. But, no, the, the Packers are back. I would not be surprised if they only lose like, like three or four games this whole entire year. They, they got you. Know, I think it's going to make that much of a difference, but this is the we lose Cam? game team we've seen. There he is. Lost in two, and they're going to lose a championship. I th- well, maybe not even this year, but the 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 Packers win the division by far. Vikings. Mitch. Maybe nine and eight. Maybe. Uh, Dill. Um, <clears throat> Cam, that was riveting stuff. Um, we couldn't hear a word you were saying. Um, I the, the purple people eaters. I, I nobody likes them. Um, I. Tucker, you got to figure it out. I'm moving around. Wrestling with his computer. Um, so, (laughs) like like Trace said, this is still the Packers division, um, 
there's something in the water up there in Minnesota. Uh, I, I, it just it breeds failures at football when when time crunch or when when time comes to. I, you know what I'm trying to say. I, I can't even speak about them. It, it, it hurts my brain too much. Um, when push comes to shove. Exactly. When the going when gets the tough. Crunch, when the crunch gets pushing, the tough people get it down. Um, that sounded so, like a tweet, Dell. That sounded like one of your tweets. I love my tweets. My <laughs> tweets are good English. Much goodly. Uh, point being... Uh, Vikings are trash, so I, I'm not on board on this. I think they're serving up to be one hell of a fraud real quick here. All right, Dill, do you have a take for us? Um, uh, Nelson Cruz just hit a home run. Yeah, I, I'm confused. I'm watching it right now. It hit the ceiling. I love that ballpark. Great ballpark. I hate that place. Um, okay, never mind. I'll, I have a take, a baseball take. Um, so, Yankees suffered defeat at the hands of the Red Sox Tuesday night. Um, one game playoff. Um, so, a lot of people are calling to blow up the Yankees. Um, I think that's a little premature. Uh, I think I said it, that last year. They, they only, I mean, they lost one game. They lost one playoff game, you know. So <clears throat> I'm not I'm not ready to blow them up. But what I will say is that back in 19, like 28 is the last time that a Yankees manager uh, for five consecutive seasons didn't make the World Series. Boone is on his fifth year next year. If Boone does not make it to the World Series next year, he's fired. Uh, I disagree with this take. I think he's done now. I think they're getting rid of him this offseason. I don't think so because they've still been in, they've been to the, the divisional series. Wow. The, Three out of the last four years, just not including this year, under Boone. I, I think he needs to make it to the World Series or else. Wow, See, highest uh, salary in baseball, and they made it to the divisional round three out of four years. Yeah, see, that's the I, thing I'm saying. Like, They come into every year as a World Series favorite. Like Everyone before the season says, the Yankees look really good this year. You know, I'm picking them to go to the World Series, blah, 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 blah. At least get to the championship series. And they can't do that. And it's not for a lack of talent. They have the highest payroll. They have the stars. Giancarlo Stanton was an absolute menace down down the end there. Um, and they just fall apart. And, you know, I don't know if it's just because they don't have clutch gene. Kermit, Kermit Cole looked awful the other night. Um, but I think some of it's got to come down to, to managing. I know a lot of Yankees fans that – want Boone out. They wanted him out last year. Um, so I, I think they should get rid of him now. I think you're definitely right that he is at the end of his rope here. Either this year or next year, he will be gone. But I happen to think that it's going to be this year. I think that they are – They, I mean, they're getting embarrassed by – I mean, the Red Sox were supposed to be one of the bottom teams in the uh, MLB, and they didn't really have that much problem with them in this playoff game. 
Um, so I don't know, Cam, you're the Yankee fan. Do you, do you want Boone gone or not? Yes, I want him gone yesterday. See? I want gone. So I'm I want gone. I want Joe I want Joe Torrey in the bullpen right now. Give me him back. I don't care if he doesn't say a word for the rest of the season. He always had a straight face on, had the nice little the cap in the in the uh, windbreaker jacket, and he was just always stern faced. Don't know if he ever said a word. I need Joe Torrey back in that dugout. Tucker, what do you think? Are you muted? Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't understand why they're keeping him here. I think there's a team with high expectations for every season. It's a team with the most talent in the MLB, yet they make divisional rounds. Like, they haven't made a World Series in 10 years. You know, what was the last time they made a World Series? 2010? 2009, I think, right? Somewhere around yeah, that era, but... It's just not a team that's been good under Boone. I don't think the team, like, I don't think there'd be any players in the team that would complain. Like, if the Red Sox got rid of Alex Cora, players would be pissed. I don't think there's a single person in the Yankees locker room that would be pissed if they lost Boone. I just don't think he's that respected. I don't think anyone sees him as, like, a guy that can get that team to the next level. And with a team like this that, like, you know, you just buy your team, you buy the best players in the league, you have high expectations. And so when you have these underperforming year after year, you kind of just, you, you, at one point, you just give up. And I think that it's at a point where they should have given up on this team. I, 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 on this coach. I agree. I, 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 can't help they, I can't help that they're buying players. That's that's. A, no, no, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, that's the Yankee way. I wish the Red Sox and would do that. I, I wish the Red Sox were so cheap. I up the team kind of situation because I think the team has a lot of talent. And I don't think anyone's downing the talent of, you know, Stan and Judge and Garrett Cole. Maybe Garrett Cole, but Stan and Judge, no one's downing their talent. But, uh, but I think that this needs to be a coach issue before it's a team issue. Like, I think you need to give a different coach the team for a year. If it still doesn't work under a different coach, maybe it'll be time that you blow it up. But right now, the issue is Aaron Boone. I think everyone can see that plain as day. See, I, I, <clears throat> I think it's the, like the exact opposite. I think it, it, this is the players because the Yankees have gone – I think it was like, I think in Aaron Boone's tenure since like 2017, uh, they've had like the third best record in baseball in the regular season. They have issues in the playoffs. And I wouldn't say that that entirely makes it a coaching problem. Um, because when you are in the playoffs, it comes down to the heat of the moment with the players on the field. The Yankees are a team that's built on all or nothing at bats. Um, in order to have a, like, and that, that's the, that's who the players are. So I'm not like saying that it's entirely the player's fault too. Maybe it's upper management's fault of building a team where at best they hit home runs and they just demolish the baseball. But that's at a, a high price because they can't do that every game. Um, so in the, in the playoffs, when you have to string together really good, at bats 
against really good teams every single game, it's hard for a team like the Yankees to do that um, because of the nature of the players on the, uh, on the field. I mean, they this past season, they had the most walks, which is something that they haven't had in, in forever, probably, but I think they also had the most strikeouts. Um, so, and that's they've done that for many years uh, in recent history. So, and that's tough to win games. So I give Boone one more season to maybe try and figure it out. And you also have to remember they picked Boone, and this guy was had zero managerial experience beforehand, um, which is kind of crazy. So just because he hits one home run, he gets the job. Hasn't, hasn't played or hasn't managed. You know, this is his first team, but I don't know. The, the, the way the team is built, they're just not built to win dogfights. All right, let's move into some topics. Obviously, the big news story last week, and uh, we're coming off it, the Patriots versus the Buccaneers. Um, I just want to talk about the game a little bit. I mean, I think it was close to the best-case scenario for Patriots and Patriots fans. Obviously, would have liked to win the game, but played them hard. Uh, and, I mean, you can't really ask for much more than that. As far as the fans go, I love the fans in this game. I was worried. I, I said last week that I thought it was going to be a Brady fest. It really wasn't. They cheered for him when he came out. Totally fine. I was right about the fact that they didn't really stop the game. Uh, I think the Bucks called a timeout, um, and they went commercial. There was no really fanfare about it, and the crowd was loud. Uh, it was one of the most... Exciting times I've had watching the Patriots since probably 2018. Um, I really enjoyed the game, uh, despite you know my all my screaming and kicking. But I mean, I think Brady got outplayed here. I think Belichick kind of won against Brady despite losing the game. I don't love these moral victories that we keep having. Um, obviously, you'd like to win the game, but Brady didn't look that great. Mac Jones was the better quarterback. I'm not saying he is a better quarterback. He was the better quarterback that night because of the, the way the defense played. The defense stepped it up a big time. I think the real concern for the Patriots is, is the O-line. Uh, Mac was getting crushed all game. They had negative one running yards on eight rushes. And then it comes down to the end of the game for a Nick Folk kick. Nick Folk's been hot, obviously, for two years. He's been, you know, he set the franchise record for kicks in a row. 56 yards in the rain is not an easy kick to make. I'm sure, Dylan, you could speak to that as our resident kicking expert. But um, 56 yards in the rain is tough to make. Fourth and three, I, I was saying go for it. I still think they should have went for it, but I understand the decision. I mean, he was Nick Folk was hot. You missed that the game. You missed the throw. The game's over, which could easily happen, uh, especially with the way your offensive line is playing. But overall, I was fine with the game. I mean, um, would have liked to win it, but. I mean, Tucker, what were your thoughts on the on the game last weekend? Um, after looking back on the game, I have different thoughts than what I thought originally. So I'm not as impressed with certain things, but I'm still impressed with others. Um, Mac Jones had a good game, but I'm not as impressed with Mac Jones' performance just because I think that Buck secondary is so bad right now. They've had so many injuries this season. They're kind of working with basically their second team. It's very true. So – I don't think that the way Mac Jones played was particularly outstanding. I think he played well. Don't get me wrong. I think he made the right decisions. I think, like, you know, a couple things go our way, we win that game. But I think 
the uh, I think Bill Belichick's call on offense was a little questionable in terms of that last kick, but I think his play calling in terms of getting away from the run when facing that secondary was the right move. I don't think trying to force the run against a team with an amazing defensive line and then a terrible secondary was a bad move at all. So I don't really blame the O-line as much. I mean, Mac had zero time to throw. Yeah, I, I agree. Mac Jones even more time to throw. But, I mean, in terms of not establishing the run, I think that was part of the game plan. Yeah, I'm fine with them throwing it 50 times. Uh, I was fine with that. But I think the defense, the defense was incredible. I think uh, they shut down Brady, which was something that shocked me. I mean, he looked rattled. And I think Belichick had, like, a lot of success against him. I think Matt Judon is a star. Stud. I mean, he was an absolute monster that entire game. Absolute menace to that to Tom Brady. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think this was a great game for us defensively. I think Mac Jones showed himself to be competent. I mean, he lived – like, he didn't crumble under – I mean, it was a huge moment for him. He didn't crumble. I wouldn't say he played amazing, but he didn't crumble under the pressure. No, I was proud of him. I mean, that was a hostile environment. It went a lot better than it could have gone. I mean, they were right in the game. He threw some nice passes. Uh, they let him off the leash a little more, which I think was partly because they didn't want to get smoked by Brady. But he played great. Um, even his interception was off at the hands of a, a, another pass catcher. So, uh, Dill. Yeah, it was just a couple things like that that pissed me off. Uh, Dill, uh, your thoughts about the game? I think you guys are a little bit quarterback spoiled. Just because you are not giving, in my opinion, Jones as much credit. I think he played great. I said I thought he played great. I think he played phenomenal. Simply, and it doesn't even come down to um, the stats. It's more about the mental fortitude that the kid showed. In his <clears throat> fourth career start against, you know, Tom Brady, the whole scenario. To be that locked in and that focused on something, as it, it, he simplified the game and had the, the mental toughness to, you know, take out all of the the extra stuff out of the out of his way and just focus on winning and playing the game. And like Trey said, I think he played better than Brady, um, which is bananas. Um, so I, I give the kid my unbelievable credit. And I think you guys would be saying different too. Um, if Nick Polk's kick was six inches I, to the right. Well, I agree. Game. I mean, they didn't win. So that's a big detractor for me. And he would have hit that third and three, too, but it got batted down the line. Kobe Myers is wide open. But you're right. I mean, I would give, be giving him – I give him a ton of credit, though. Don't get me wrong. I thought he played phenomenally. I think he's the real deal. I really do. He proves it every week. Any mistake that is made is not his fault so far. He has not had a legitimate, like, game-breaking mistake. Yeah, he's had some misplays <laughs> here and there, but he hasn't thrown picks that are, like, on him entirely. The only pick that he threw that wasn't, like – a contested knocked up ball was the one in garbage time against the saints. So, uh, Cam. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Talk. I just, I just want to like a little bit further emphasize. I think Mac Jones has shown himself as the most NFL ready quarterback of that rookie class. And he's 
super NFL ready compared to most rookie classes. I think he's shown himself to be a guy that's ready to go in the NFL. I just haven't seen those spurts of like, you know, those great moments. I haven't seen moments of greatness. I've seen a lot of moments of good. I think he's shown consistent goodness, but I haven't seen like those moments of greatness. I've been like, wow. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's fair. Uh, Cam, you said you were super excited for this game. Obviously, you don't have a lot of stake like we do, but uh, obviously it was an entertaining game. So your thoughts on it? Yeah, and I put in our group chat, I said, I mean, Mac Jones is just outplaying Brady right now. That being said, Brady was still out coaching Bill. I don't think this is a win for Bill. Well, I don't think it is. It's I strongly out. disagree with It's that. ultimately not, but the fact that Brady didn't go for 400 yards like he had in the previous game shows that Bill knows no, it. No, but, but that's not Tom. Tom Brady doesn't have to go for 400 yards. He has to go for the win. You're right. And you're I right. You're 100% played, right. I think he played well enough, and Tucker said it as well. Like, Mac Jones played good, but with the cornerbacks that the Bucks D had, one of the worst in the league, like, could he have done more? And maybe that's Josh McDaniel's fault. Maybe it's not even Mac. He just didn't give him the full playbook. I've had enough of I Josh McDaniel's. I've, I've had enough of him. Yeah, I'm I, done with him. I, I, don't, I don't think this is a, a big win for Bill Belichick. I don't. I don't, I really I don't think it is either, so, but I think it could have been a bigger loss is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't think I, anyone I, I, after this game yeah. was putting down Bill Belichick being like, oh, Brady was the reason. I think – he shut down Brady a lot more than he should have, frankly. This was a loss for Bill Belichick. I said, Trey said this is a win for Bill Belichick. I don't think it's a win for him. I don't think it's a loss. for. I, I think it's just he would have liked to win, and Brady won over him. And I think he played better than people expected him to, but if he didn't win, I don't think it's a win for him. That's fair. That's a fair take. I didn't mean to say that it was a win. I guess meant in the matchup with him and Brady, Brady – I mean, clearly he knew how to play Brady, like just like he knew how to play Manning. Like he put his team in a position to win. Ultimately, no, defensively he played it. He played all the right moves. It was offensively where you guys probably should. And that's on Josh. Josh does. Josh does the play call. Yeah, no, and that's my point in the fact that I think it's a win for Bill is that they play calling around Brady. I think. He outcoached Brady. Like, in the matchup between him and Brady, where they were both game planning for, like, this, I think that Brady underperformed. And I think that's a win for Bill in itself. But I don't think this game is a win for Belichick as a whole. But in the one-on-one matchup, Bill Belichick's defense versus Tom Brady's offense, where Tom Brady has such a powerful offense. Now, I think that was a win for Bill specifically. Apples and oranges. All right. Um, I just wanted to touch on one more thing about this game. I feel like at the end of the game, the Brady versus like the Patriots saga is kind of over for now, at least. Like, obviously, the legacy are still tied together. It'll be talked about forever. But it feels like in the short term, this was it. I mean, to me, it felt like Brady had all this anger built up in him, and he came in and he got the warm reception from the fans and his former teammates, and Bill. Pulled him aside after the game and talked to him for 20 minutes. Who knows what they said, but I love that move from Bill. Um, He probably apologized, but it just felt to me like Brady came in here and and it wasn't a blowout too. So it showed that, you know, maybe he took a reflection and said, yeah, this was a great coach, like a really well-coached team. Like he, I know he knew it, but it might've, he might've just forgot because of the anger. 
to me, it feels like it's kind of over now. Like the Bucks are going to move on. They're going to do what they're going to do. The Patriots obviously have a lot of work to do when to get back to a very competitive level. But I just felt kind of relieved after the game because uh, like there is a chance that Brady's still in the league in three years when the Bucks, you know, are eligible to play the the Patriots again. And but it it probably won't be at Gillette, right? It'll be because they just played this one at Gillette. I mean, who, I don't really know how that all that stuff works, but it is a very good chance this was Brady's last game in Gillette, and the last time the Patriots will see Bucks and Brady, unless they're in the Super Bowl, which I think is a very long shot at this point. But I also think you know, hearing Kraft say we want to give him a one year retirement, one day retirement, and Brady not totally shooting it down, he said. Well, I still got a lot of time left go, left with the Bucks, but and then he also said, you know, he's going to be back in Boston at the games. It just made me feel a lot better about it. Um, I don't know. I feel like the saga is kind of over. Like obviously, at the end of the day, we can talk about how much Brady meant to the team versus Belichick and vice versa. But to me, this felt like kind of the end of a chapter. Where obviously last year was the first year they were competing head to head. Brady took took that. Then this year they were playing again. And, you know, Brady took that. So, I don't know. It just felt to me, like, at the end of the game, that that was kind of it. Like, we're done. We got to move on. Like, the Brady saga is officially over. You know, we got to look forward and keep building with this new kid. But I don't know how you felt. I I mean, I can't. You probably don't have a lot of perspective. But the other two of you, did you feel like this was kind of, like, it's kind of over? Or or no? Tuck? Um, I think this is the end of the chapter. I hope it can keep going, but I think the Patriots need to get to another level for it to keep going. Right now, I think, you know, because right now it won't be like, who's going to win a Super Bowl next, Brady or Belichick, just because I don't think Belichick has a team that's at that level yet. I think if we can move on a little bit, we can definitely get there. But uh, right now, I think for the time being, it's over. This was uh, chapter closed. I don't know what the next chapter is going to be in the saga. Did you feel any better about Brady's comments after the game and Kraft's comments and Belichick going to see him? Or did that have any effect on you at all or no? It didn't really have too much effect. I mean, it's kind of all that I expected to happen. You know, I expected everyone to get together and be nice and do all that kind of stuff. It just felt like... You know, after 20 year, years and like this, or 15 years and this long reputation with each other, and I think that there was going to be those comments regardless of maybe some deep down feeling. Uh, Dylan, anything? Um, <clears throat> I think this was um, the closing of a chapter for you, Trey. <laughs> I agree. I took a long look in the mirror when I woke up on Monday morning, and I realize like my team's rebuilding like I can't expect like I expected this team to compete they're not gonna really compete that much this year from what I see and uh, I need to I need to take a step back but I agree I, I think in reality uh, Brady wanted to prove his worth above uh, Belichick and maybe Kraft and then prove it to himself I think Belichick turned the page as soon as Brady left uh, in, in, in all honesty I think this is more of a hype from the fans and, and wanting a story and finally we get some closure from <clears throat> from Trey over this 
<laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that's maybe why I felt that way because it was a big moment for me where I kind of put it, I'm trying to put it behind me. And that was a big step in putting it behind me was this game. So, I mean, yeah. I, I'm not well, as angry at Brady as I was, you know, for the past year and a half, I am getting over it slowly. And I think the other night it was a big step. It's not all sad though. Cam giants are back. Big win. Sure. They're one in three. You mentioned something about rebuilding. And I'm going to go ahead and skip that stage because I've been saying it for way too long. The Giants are rebuilding. Oh, the Giants got Saquon. They just needed one more key. No, I'm done. Daniel Jones was the NFC player of the week this week. That was one. I saw that. You said I haven't. You haven't. You said I haven't felt this great about being a Patriots fan since 2018, something like that. I didn't enjoy rooting for the team as much as last year. Right. That was the most satisfying win I've had as a Giants fan in probably eight years. <laughs> so, and I just got my first win. Like, I'm one in three. Tyler Lockett, Russell Wilson, I love that. We're all one um, in three. So, Daniel Jones, I think, is starting to figure it out. He's missing two key guys on his offense. And he just makes it happen anyway. There's three starting linemen out. Saquon's just playing Saquon. And I, I really I have a lot of faith in the Giants. I think they beat the Cowboys. I will be betting Giants money line this week. You can guarantee that. Giants are going to beat the Cowboys. The state of the union is simple. The Giants are showing more promise at one and three than I would have thought if if I would have wanted to win one of these games, it would have been against Washington. But we weren't we weren't together yet. But I, I watched the team play the most together that they have, and I'm excited for the future. I think Giants are nine and eighteen this year. Whether we make the playoffs or not, I would be very happy with a positive season. Uh Cam, I, man, I I've seen you get like this before and it always ends in disaster. I think I mean you count the win as a win. It's a good win, you know. They all they all go into the win column. They're all the same. It's just a win. I think you got a lot of work to do still. Um, I don't think this was a very turning point. It could be, but I don't think it was a turning point. I think the Giants are still going to have a tough season. Um, you know, and at this point, what do I care if the Patriots are any good? You know, I hope I hope the Giants, the Patriots aren't going to be good. I mean, and and I hope the Giants, you know, turn around for you because I'm starting to feel how you felt for. Yankee, I mean, uh, New York sports hasn't won a championship in 10 years. The last one was the Giants in 2012. So they're going to go, unless yeah. the Giants win the Super Bowl this year, it will be 10 years. Or even if they do, you know, it'll be 10 years. Um, so I, I'm starting to feel how you felt right now because I've been spoiled. But uh, my favorite team isn't doing very well. And I just don't think they're back yet. I think you got a lot of work to do. Um, I think Daniel Jones still isn't the guy. But Tucker, Giants. Tucker, are you there? Sorry, I just muted myself. I think this was a bad game for the Giants in my in the long run because you know what this game was? It was a game that will give Daniel Jones another two years with the organization. Um, that's kind of my thoughts at this point. I, I, I think Daniel Jones will kind of keep you at this level for forever. I think, but I think that he's not the biggest weakness on the team. Like I don't think that 
anyone's going to say, like, we need to move past him because they're going to say that we need this, that, and the other thing. Um, more than we need a quarterback, Daniel Jones is usable. And I feel like to get to that top level, you need to just have an elite quarterback. Like, you can have a not-great roster, but an elite quarterback and be fine. And I don't think Daniel Jones will ever get there. I just don't think he's a Super Bowl power quarterback. He's not a guy that's going to make the playoffs very freak, like on a frequent basis. And I think in a division, I mean, I know it's a weak division, but I think Jalen Hurts is maybe a rising star. I mean, I think he has the potential to maybe be a star. I don't think he's, I, I personally don't think he will, but he has the potential. And then you have, Dak Prescott in that conference, who is a star, and then you have Taylor Heineke, who is my favorite player in the NFL right now. So, is he number four in the division? Yes. Daniel Jones Jones is seventh in the league for passing yards. He has two turnovers all year, which is a big improvement from 28 total in his rookie year. And he was NFC Player of the Week last week. So, forgive me for being on a high horse this week. And if Daniel Jones isn't the guy, we'll make the right uh, management decisions and get rid of Gettleman before we get rid of Jones, and probably both. But. Yeah, but I'm just looking at the Saints' schedule, and I don't know. Like, I don't think – I mean, they lost pretty handily the Broncos who were on fraud watch. They lost to the Washington football team, which was on Taylor Heineke's first week and against a terrible defense. They lost to the Falcons, who suck. And then they beat the Saints. I, it's just, it doesn't feel, I mean, he has moments of brilliance, but it just seems like they're few and far between on a schedule where I think they should have been three and one. They're ended up one and three. If we, if we played the Saints week one and beat them and then lost the next three games, I'd be worried, but we're only heading up positive direction. We lost on a missed offside, stupid, dumb, non-offsides call against the Redskins, and then against the, the Falcons, we just, you know, that was a tough game for us. Game, you got to stop with the R-word. What's your thoughts on the uh, Cowboys next week? I already told you, I'm betting their money line. I know we're going to win. I know for a fact. I, I just, I, the, the schedule for the next five weeks looks brutal, where you have Cowboys, Rams, Panthers, Chiefs, Raiders, Bucks. Like, I don't think that's going to be a schedule that you're going to like how you look at the end of it. That feels like a one and four, two and two and three at best scenario. Uh, yeah, that's three and two. That's three and two. Easy. Three and two. So you beat in the Cowboys, Panthers, and Raiders. Done. Easy. Three and two. Watch out. It's actually three and three. Four and four next time you talk to me. <laughs> All right. Dill, you got anything? Did we lose Dell? Is he asleep? I'm here, I'm here. I think, Cam, you are getting a little too high on yourself, although I will agree that the Giants are on the up. I think they're looking better as the season's going on. Um, but mind you, we're a fourth of the way through the season. Fourth and a little less uh, through the season. Um I don't know if there's enough time left for this team to become a 9-8 team. Well, Dylan, 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 let me just remind you of this. 
less than a fourth into the baseball season, everyone was telling me that the Red Sox were so much better than the Yankees. They are. And look at them now. I know. Look at them now. So if I'm talking about it now that they're they're better, the Giants are going to be in the same spot that the Red Sox will be. So I don't think it's too early at all. All right. Um, let's <laughs> okay. keep going. We're spending a lot. I like the logic. We're t- spending a lot of time on you, our. You swayed me, Cap. We're spending a lot of time on our topics we care about. Uh, Cardinals looking good. Tuck. Tucker. Yeah, sorry, I keep muting myself because my sound keeps going off of my computer. Um, but no, the Cardinals are looking very good. I mean, this is a team that I expected to get blown out by the. Uh, Rams here. I I thought that you know this team has a great offense, a good offense, but I didn't think Kyler Murray had taken that step to like. I think he's a great QB. I didn't think he was a winning QB. Like I didn't think he's a guy that like I trust to make like the playoffs and make a run. After this game, I felt a lot more confident. I mean, they went up against a very good defense and just absolutely torched them. And it kind of brings up the question: like, is this a unstoppable offense. I mean, they have the pieces for it. Uh, they have a great receiving core. I think they could definitely be really good. It just never felt like it was going to be like that this year. Uh, it just felt like they were like a step away from it. But after watching the game today, I'm kind of questioning it. I had them good from the beginning of the year. That's all I got to say. I've been very high on this team for two years now. They kind of disappointed me last year, but I was high on them uh, to start. So, Cam? Cameron? Yeah, sorry. You I guys with your mute button. I swear to God. Um, I still, I still, I still have the money on the Rams, man. I, I think they're gonna figure it out, and I think they have figured it out. But right now, it's what halftime, and is it? I miss the school. Um, I don't know. I still think the Rams are gonna win the Super Bowl. That's my take. Okay, Dill. Um, I'm sorry. What was it? That the the uh, Cardinals are the last undefeated team in the league. They're a wagon. Oh, um, I I think they haven't met their maker yet. Um, I I, I think they're a top talent team. I'm not sure I'm going to put them in the Super Bowl just yet, but they're definitely going to be a contender. Uh, I've been high on them all year, so. Count that as a dub for me. Um, however, the Broncos and the Panthers, they're on fraud watch. I've had the Broncos as frauds for a while. But, Tucker, you're adding thirds to the list here? Um, yeah, Trey, you had them on fraud watch and they are undefeated, which I didn't think was But are fair. they frauds? I called them frauds. I think fraud watch was fair. I didn't think calling them a fraud. After this week. I'd say they're leaning towards fraud. I knew they were frauds, dude. I they're knew they fraudulent, were frauds. I'll say. I wouldn't call them frauds just yet, but they're right what there on the edge of frauds. Um, this team just wasn't. Uh, I just, yeah, I mean, they still have the pieces. Teddy Bridgewater is Mr. Cover. I think that he's a guy that will come in, he'll win more games than he should, but he'll never be a guy that'll make the playoffs. That's just been my thoughts on him from the very start. Drew Locke is a problem, turns out. Like, if, I don't even think there was a QB controversy. I think they like, were like, I don't know who we're going to start. And then 
internally like, yeah, we're never starting Drew Rock again. That was a terrible pick. Um, Dill, you, you got anything? I mean, Tucker, do you? What about the <laughs> Panthers? Anything about the Panthers? Panthers, I don't think are fraudulent. I think they are good. I think they're exactly what they are. I think no one's like calling them a Super Bowl contender or anything like that. I think this team's good. I think they'll not, they'll never be. They're not in that great category. But I think you know, I think Sam Darnold actually isn't a bad QB. I think Christian McCaffrey is elite, but um, they just got Stephon and Gilmore this week, which I think is a huge pickup for a secondary that was definitely weak. But I, I don't, I would never put them in the fraud category. I don't think there are any. I think them and the Broncos are on two different levels, but I don't think they're a contender at all. Like I, I think they're a team that'll be like a wild card exit at best. But I think that's what we expected of them. Even when they were three and zero, I don't think anyone was like, "Ooh, are they gonna win something?" I mean, like even. But I, on the other hand, I say even calling the Broncos like a wild card contender is wrong. So that's why I called them frauds and the Panthers not. Uh, Dill, you got any frauds on watch? You agree with Tucker's frauds or my frauds um, for that matter? Oh, I want to add one team to the list for fraud watch, though. Go ahead. Oakland Raiders. I'm putting them on fraud watch. I don't agree with that one. I'm putting them on fraud watch. I don't think they're fraudulent yet, but they're on my watch. All right. Uh, Dill, you got any? Um, I mean, Broncos and Panthers are, I, I, I think everybody kind of puts them in that category. They're unexpected. They're doing better than expected, and still we don't expect them to continue to be this good. So, I, I mean, and that's kind of going – what was that? Bengals? Nobody's got Bengals on fraud watch. Bengals, Bengals are known fraud. Like the Bengals are, the Bengals aren't good. They're the projected two seed in the playoffs right now. Well, yeah, but no, everybody knows that's gonna that's gonna even out. I don't know it. I don't know. I have a Joe Burrow jersey, so I don't know it. I know it. Um, all right. Next. Oh, Tucker, you mentioned Stephon Gilmore. I just want to touch on that real quick. I mean. I don't know how I've been wanting to trade Stefan Gilmore for years just because I knew this situation was happening. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, I'm mad that they only got uh, a six round pick for him, but I, I mean, I knew they were going to trade him. So that's all I've got on it. I'm just, I can't believe they couldn't find a second round pick or a third round pick. That's what you get for waiting when you knew a guy wasn't going to come back. Anybody? Well, I think that the problem with Stefan Gilmore is his age. I think no one really wanted to commit significant resources, and I think the Patriots were too high. But I can promise you, I would have been more mad preseason trading him for a third rounder. I wouldn't. I, I would have been fine with it. I would have been like now looking back on it, it would have been the right move. But if you told me preseason, like, hey, we can get a third rounder for Stephon Gilmore, I would have said that's absurd. And now going into the season, I'm sure he'll have an amazing performance, and I'll regret saying this. And so that we should just, like, we should work something out. But I don't think he was a guy we were going to sign, re-sign. I don't think he would have been a guy worth re-signing. Uh, and I think that's what he's getting out of the Panthers, is that he's getting a team that's going to re-sign him and pay him way too much money. Uh, just give me good trade, bad trade, uh, uh, Cam and Dylan. Cam? Good trade for the Panthers. Oh, great trade for the Panthers. Well, obviously, they got a six-round pick, but 
Do you think the Patriots could have got more for him? Is what I'm going to ask. I, I think the yeah. Pats were in a spot that they were just going to release him, and we're we're just waiting for somebody to just pick up the phone and be like, "We'll take him. We know you released him." And they said, "Okay." They didn't even they didn't even try. I think they got what they wanted because they didn't try. All right, uh, Tucker. Let's touch on this last topic here. Um, you nailed this last week. You said that Urban's not going to make it through his first year. He gets caught grinding with some girl. Uh, that was a great take by you. You deserve that point. Um, you wanted to talk about this. Obviously, I'll just give you my thoughts real quick. I think it's a little ridiculous that we're getting very mad at this man. Obviously, it's something you shouldn't do. Uh, it's it's more of a personal thing. I mean, the president of the United States has cheated on his wife before and didn't get fired. So I, I just I think it's a little ridiculous that this league is making like the Jaguars are making such a big deal of this when you know a lot of players in this league are not great guys. Like you've got domestic abusers, you know, Greg Hardy was allowed to play after beating up his girlfriend, throwing her on guns. I, just, I mean, just look at the Buccaneers roster. I th- I mean, Antonio Brown. Yeah. Like, so there's a lot of guys in this league that have done some really bad stuff. Was Urban Meyer the wrong? Yes. Um, but I think it's a little ridiculous. We're making such a big, such a big deal about this. Well, so. Trey, you're missing a huge piece of this. Um, Urban Meyer didn't take the flight back. No, it's a huge football problem. And decided to stay in Ohio and then gets caught doing this. I think if Urban Meyer gets caught doing this in Jacksonville or he went home with the team and then went back out to an event, that's no big deal. But the fact that this guy was like, sorry, guys, can't go with the team, trying to spend time with my grandkids – and then gets caught cheating on his wife at a bar is a whole other level of like, oh, so you don't give a fuck about this team at all. Like, I don't know. Like, I think for a team where you're already being questioned, like, is this guy the right fit? I don't think he's fully committed. And then you're like, eh, I'm not going to go home. I'm going to mack on some girls in Columbus, Ohio. Back to my old glory days. Live my old glory days at Ohio. Like, I just – I. Just don't. I think it's a really, really bad look for him, and I don't blame them, frankly, for uh, for him losing the locker room. And that's what happened here is that he lost the locker room because of how he did it. I think like no player is going to be like, "Oh, you cheated on your wife. I can't play for a coach that cheated on his wife." Frankly, I don't think they care. I'm sure half most of them cheat on their wives. But um, I have intel that most sports. Professional athletes. Yeah, I've heard wives. this. Almost every pro athlete is cheating on their wife pretty consistently. But um, yeah, I just I don't buy it. I, I I like with with the added point of like him because that's not like something that happens. Like I was reading an article today that basically outside of like funerals and like family emergencies, there's basically no time that coaches don't go back with the team on the plane. And when you're losing the locker room already and then you pull that shit, no, you deserve everything that's coming to you. Cam, you were yelling. Go ahead. Or not. Yeah, I'm brushing my teeth. All I was saying was that Urban Meyer has connections in Ohio, so I don't trust him. Yeah, I mean, so my whole thing is like, yes, yeah, like, I agree with you. It's a huge football problem. Should he lose his job? Maybe because it is a football <clears> thing because he because he skipped out on football stuff. But the character assassination of like, this is such a bad guy, but we 
like that's where I'm like kind of shaking on it because it's it's a little ridiculous. Is it the worst thing you can do? I agree with that. No, but it is bad. I agree. Uh, Dill, anything on it? I think the most egregious thing is the man's stance uh, in the <laughs> act. Um, it's incredibly strange. Um, I am not a fan of his uh, his uh, technique. Um, in terms of the of a football thing. You know, not great to just not be with the team to do some sketchy business in in a in a sketchy city. Um, so, I, I I think I agree with with everybody that you know the act not great isn't probably worth the scrutiny, but <laughs> like the moral uh, attack on it, I guess. And and then, uh, um, but the the, the losing of the um, locker room because the act is definitely worth it. All right. Let's move on to list, guys. Uh, we had to cut some topics. Most of them were yours. I'm sorry, Dale. But, uh, all right. Uh, list, guys, is chips. So uh, let's get into it. Mine, let's try to be brief, boys. We're already running late. Uh, my number five is going to be nacho cheese Doritos, just the classic Doritos. Um, I do like them more than the Cool Ranch. I know that's a heated debate, but I just like nacho cheese Doritos better. Um, I don't know. There's something about Doritos, a nice crunch to them. Love them. That's my number five. Dill, number five. Number five for me, I'm going Wavy Lays Original. Nothing better than getting out of the pool when you're a kid and your fingers are a little bit pruney and they still got a little chlorine. You just dig into that bowl of Wavy Lays. Fantastic. It's a good call. Uh, Cam, you, you done brushing your teeth? Oh, I'm here. Brush my teeth as done. Okay, I'm going with Cool Ranch Doritos. Blue guys, Cool Ranch. Um, they're good on certain occasions, but it's not something I would order off the menu every single time if they have other options. Uh, cool Ranch Doritos 5. Tucker. Uh, I'm following up with Cam on this one. I'm putting Cool Ranch. Honestly, probably wouldn't make my list if it wasn't for the debate between nacho cheese and Cool Ranch. Don't usually have them, but anytime somewhere I have Cool Ranch, I'm excited because it's not nacho cheese. Like it's just one of those hot button issues for me. Uh, like I'm not even I'm not even a huge fan of it, but I think they're so much better that I am like, so excited when I see them. Uh, my number four is just going to be your, your straight-up classic Lay's potato chip. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm an original guy. You guys know I don't like condiments on my stuff. I've talked about that. So I, I just sometimes like a regular potato chip. Nobody does it better than Lay's. It's a classic potato chip. Nice and salty, greasy. Uh, you know, gets you nice and thirsty if you want to suck down like a drink or something. So uh, I'm going just plain Lay's potato chips at number four. Uh, Dill? Uh, number four for me, I'm going Cape Cod Sweet and oh, Spicy I, Jalapeno. I messed up. I messed up. <clears throat> I don't know if you, uh, had a sweet, spicy jalapeno. Probably not. It's kind of a, <clears throat> like a random flavor, but there's something about the type of kick with the jalapeno, um, that, that just blends so well with the little bit of sweet you got in there. Um. It's a surprisingly very, very good chip. Coming at four. Cam, number four. I'm going with um, 
the sour cream and onion lays, and just it's just a classic the green bag, right? Like nobody else has a green bag for anything, and I think that makes makes it taste better. So like, I love the flavor anyway, but the green bag lays potato chip can't get over it. Uh, number four, Tucker. Number four, I got Cape Codder's original. I'm not a, uh, I'm not a, I'm just kind of a basic guy when it comes to Cape Codders, you know, specifically, I like to get them when I'm on a beach, like if I'm on vacation and like I get like a sandwich and some Cape Codders, it's like a great combination. So yeah, got to put that on my list. It's just a great beach chip. Uh, all right. My number three is going to be Lay's barbecue chips. Um, you know, I like barbecue stuff. Um, if I'm going to choose a Lay's chip, I'm typically going for barbecue over the regular one. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was kind of my first go-to chip when I was a kid. It was always barbecue. So I'm, I'm rolling in with that in my number three. Dale? Uh, number three for me, I'm going spicy nacho Doritos. Um, I am a team nacho cheese, 100%. I do not like Cool Ranch, but... It's all about elevating the Dorito. You get the spicy nacho, mm, better than the regular nacho, um, and just a downright damn good chip, number three. Tucker, I mean Cam, sorry, Cam, number three. Hey, number three. I'm going Pringle this time. I'm going with the um, cheddar sour cream orange can Pringle. Mm. Um, it's a go-to on like a... We did road trip snacks one time. It didn't come up on this. It's more of a, it's more of just a snack when you don't want a meal, but you just go to a gas station. You're like, I'm hungry until the next meal. Um, cheddar sour cream. That's my pick at number three. I, I Kim, I gotta stop you right there. Um, the cheddar sour cream ones are in a teal can. The cheddar what? ones are in an orange can. Are they straight cheddar? The orange one is just cheddar. Okay, then straight cheddar, straight cheddar it is. All right. Tuck, you got a number three? Yeah, number three, I am going down the basic route again. I'm going with just Pringles Original. Not a flavor guy. If I'm getting Pringles, I'm getting Original. It's a great snack. You know, I usually like a small can of it. I don't really want a full can, but I always like a few Pringles. Like anytime I see them, I always want a couple. So, yeah, Pringles my number three. Any, do you guys, do you Pringle Boys have any qualms with the size of their cans? Like, what the hell are they doing? I don't like that you can't reach in, but I'm fine with it because you just kind of got to flip the can over. It leaves a little bit of mess at the end when, like, you get the, when you reach in, then you get the crumbs at the bottom, but I don't got any too big If you got, like, some sort of OCD or something, it's very organized. Um, and so you know what? They fill up the can. They do. Like, you, you can't, you can't fault them for that. All right, uh, my number two is going to be spicy nacho Doritos. Dylan nailed it right on the head. Um, they are the best type of Dorito. They're better than the regular nacho cheese, but they still have that nacho cheese flavor. Um, this is one of my go-to chips that I have on me most of the time. It is a definite buy for me at the uh, grocery store, so I'm rolling with spicy nacho at my number two. Uh, Dylan. <clears throat> number two for me, I'm breaking the salt and vinegar barrier with Lay's Kettle Cooked Salt and Vinegar. Um Jeez. Uh, it, it's a it's a perfect chip on uh, like like a summer day when you have like a turkey sandwich with a little honey mustard. Then you got a side of 
some folded over salt and vinegar chips. Um, salt and vinegar is, is, a, is a flavor that I can taste before I taste it. It's like you, you, you can just smell the bag, you smell the vinegar, and you're like, oh, yeah, I need that in my tongue. Um, so salt and vinegar, lace kettle cooked coming in at two. I hate kettle cooked chips, by the way. Um, all right, Cam? You don't like Cape Cod chips, right? I don't like... Oh, I'm thinking of the baked one. Never mind. I'm thinking of baked chips. I hate baked chips. That's what baked I hate. Baked or bad. Baked or the big Subway, like... Disgusting. Yes. Go ahead. Um, I'm going with spicy sweet chili, the purple bag, if, if you don't know about that. Purple bag Doritos. I've had a lot of these in the last few months, I would say. Um, probably my girlfriend's number one, but I'm going to put them at number two today. Yeah, also probably my girlfriend's number one. Uh, spicy sweet chili. All right. Um, talk. Uh, my number two is Sun Chips. Uh, it's hard for me to pick a flavor. I honestly rotate them pretty frequently between the original Harvest Cheddar. And you know what? I'm going to go with the, um, what is it? The salsa one. Um, garden salsa. Garden salsa is underrated. People don't have garden salsa, not a lot. A lot of people don't even carry them. When I see them at Subway, I usually go out of my way to grab a bag of them, even though I don't usually get chips in my Subway. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is just a super underrated chip. I think the Harvest Cheddar and the original oversells them by a lot, but the garden salsa has the best flavor to it out of all of them. I hate Sun Chips, too. Uh, <laughs> all right, my number one. Is a niche one. Uh, they're kind of they're it, they used to be hard to find. They're not so hard to find now. It's Utz Red Hot Chips. Got a bag right here for reference. If you don't know them, these things are spicy as hell. They are tasty. Um, they're just a regular potato chip, which I already mentioned my uh, things that I like. Covered with this spicy like flavoring, so good. Um, very hot. If you have if you if you like spicy stuff like me, these are your chip. Um, they get the job done to hit that spice barrier for me. So I'm going with Utz Red Hot, my number one. Dill? My entire life, I call them Oots. Is it Utz? I think it's Utz. Oh, I always said Oots. It's tough. It's a tough <laughs> look for you. That is a wild pick, though. Um, number one for me is going to get blasted. I'm going sour cream and onion. Wait for it. Baked Lay's. I love I love baked I love baked lace chip. I like every flavor is great. Um, the sour cream and cheddar, it, it, it might be might might be enough to take the number one, but you can't eat too much of them. Um, so I'm going regular sour cream on the baked lace. I could eat six bags. I hate baked chips. Once. I hate them. They're uh, so good. All right, Cam. Number one, and I'm gonna give some reasoning behind this. Nacho cheese Doritos, the red bag. And the reason is, Dylan, you mentioned it earlier. When you have a sandwich, you always have these. No. When I had a sandwich growing Put up, in up, when I got out of the pool, yes. when I got out of, yes. out of the lake, where yes. my hands were soaking wet, yes. I reach into a big bag of nacho cheese Dorito chips, and I would eat them with lake water. And that's just my childhood. And I love them for their flavor and for that. And that's why they're number one. And they're, they're always accompanied 
by the wavy lays too. That's the those are the those are the that's, two that's wet the, the wet fingers. It is weird how chips are just a wet finger food. Like if you have wet hands, you have to eat chips. It's kind of odd. Uh, Tucker, what's your number one? So I'm gonna laugh black for this one. I know one had on their list. I'm sure, half of you haven't even really eaten them, and the ones that have, I've never really thought anything of them, but. Even right now, I have a bag on me. I didn't even know that you guys, that we were doing chips for this, guys, but club crackers. Wow, that's I not a chip. Obsessed. That's not a, it's a cracker. <laughs> Wait, what? That's a cracker, Tucker. That's, that's not a chip. I literally redid my list at three because I forgot about club crackers, and now I realize it's not chip. <laughs> you know, I mean, we'll allow it. Tune in next week for, for crackers. Nice <laughs> crackers. Club crackers, my favorite chip. Right, I'm, I'm, I'll allow it, Tuck. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, club crackers, they're super underrated. People don't really use them properly. People think of it as like a cheese and crackers kind of meal, but they're great on their own. Like I will house a sleeve of these tonight. It's my favorite by far. Nothing comes close to it. It's just um, not a chip. The mini sleeves? No, I do the full sleeves. I'm not no, not, not, no not, they're not mini sleeves. They come in a box. They're like Oh, yes. The they have the mini crackers, but they also have mini sleeves. They have like six sleeves that are like half the size. They have three large sleeves. Tucker, it, will be, it will be included in the graphic that they are not chips. So... But that is, <laughs> that is, that's fair. No, no, I, I completely didn't even think about that. Until right until you said, and I had a no shit moment. But, um, yeah, no. So my number one chip is a cracker. I'm not ashamed of it. I eat too many of these and not put them number one on my list. Um, you know, but I stand by my dumb decision. I thought you were going to say, like, Ritz crispers. Or I thought tortilla like, chips was coming in for you, Tuck. I thought you were just oh, going yeah. straight up tortilla chips. Oh, I am a big chips and queso kind of guy. That's tough, man. Yeah. That's tough. All right, Cam, I've decided. Uh, Coke and Mentos challenge. You drop a Mento and Coke, you put it in your mouth, try to drink it. I hate Diet Coke, so I hope I don't get this. But let's. you want to flip for it? Yeah, I give uh, Dylan the flip. Linnea the flip. She's in bed. Dylan? Dylan? Who's got a coin? I've got a coin on me. <laughs> I don't have a coin on me. All right, Trey's flipping. I need you to put the camera on the table. I can't. It's a frame. it's a laptop camera. Like I can't. I need to put it. I need to flip it on the keyboard. Cam, I'm not gonna cheat. I've never. Cheated. I need you to flip it and just leave it there until. Yeah. You point the camera at it. All right, I'll spin no it. Hands. Ready? I'll spin it. Can you see? Yeah. All right. Who gets to call it? Maybe coin spins with a new thing. Coin spins. All right. Uh, I'll you call it Cam because you have less points than me. All right, ready? I like I like heads, man. Well, that didn't work. Too hard. Right. Way too hard. All right, she's finished. Oh, I like this a lot. <laughs> it is heads. It is heads. Cam wins. I don't know how you saw that? I just could not see that. Because I'm in person. Uh, Cam wins. I will do the <laughs> diet. Oh, fucker, bro. What? I didn't say anything. Oh, you won, Cam. You won. I, I, I know. I'm excited. I, I will do the Diet Coke and Mentos challenge this week.
and you will, you beautiful people will see it. That's our show, episode 92. We're rolling along. Um, check us out on our socials. You're going to see some great videos come out. Um, thank you for being with us, and we'll see you next week.